Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Building Back Better has the support of over 95% of our caucus. So when you say Democrats divide, no. They're overwhelmingly, I've never seen actually over 95% of the caucus just about for anything. Uh, there are some who disagree, and I respect that about the size of the package. But this isn't about moderates versus progressives. Overwhelmingly, the entirety of our caucus, except for a few whose judgment I respect, uh, uh, support the vision of Joe Biden, and we will make progress on it this week. I watched the entire Nancy Pelosi interview with George Stephanopoulos yesterday and thought the same thing I always see when I uh, watch her. I wish my side had somebody as good at their job as her. She's really good at uh, making arguments and spinning things. And then she apparently is really good at just the strategizing behind the scenes to get bills passed. And I just feel like my side, in the House anyway, has not had that for quite some time. That may be, Um, but I think Republicans and Democrats can come together and say the the Capitol is too echoey. It needs to be carpeted, soundproofing panels, maybe some nice uh, uh, popcorn ceiling <laughs> sprayed up there. It's too echoey. If she is able to pass both bills this week, okay, we are not a show that talks about every piece of legislation that goes through. Um, but this one is huge. If those two bills passed as they were originally written, it would be a major change to the structure of America that would never go back. I, I, I think it would be the end of us. Slowly, in the way that, how did you go broke? Slowly, then suddenly. Right. Slowly, but it would be the end of us. It would be just, you know, we already can't afford our entitlements, and it'd be add layers, layers, layers of entitlements on top of that, and we just, it'll never be the same. But uh, she said herself that the $3.5 trillion number, it's certainly not going to be that. It's going to come down. But <coughs> my argument is she's going to get it down. She's going to pass it at like $2.5 trillion, all of right-wing radio and TV is going to like, oh, we stuck it to her. They didn't even get close to their... And she's going to think, okay, <laughs> we passed $4 trillion and you're acting like you won. Awesome. Surely we are not that dumb. I hope not. We on the conservative side. The interesting thing about her argument, we've got 95% of Democrats uh, on board with this right now, is true. She said, I don't know when we ever get 95%. The problem is their margins are so small. They need 100% of Democrats in the Senate and like 99% of Democrats in the House pass the dang thing. So 95% doesn't get her there, um, which it's I've heard many people comment on this. It's an attempt by the Democrats to get through a piece of legislation as if they've got a huge majority. Like they like like when Obama got Obamacare through, you know, he'd come in and he won, you know, so many House seats, so many Senate and, and you know, could really do something big swing for the fences. Biden's attempting to pull it off and may pull it off pretty close with practically no advantage whatsoever. Right. Acting like you have a massive mandate from the American people when you barely, barely have a majority. It's crazy. You know, I I read earlier uh, some of Jason Riley's editorial about how the welfare state is not lifted up the black family. It's decimated the black family. Uh, the end of the piece, I think, is worth sharing with you now because he says the welfare state is often discussed in relation to its effect on racial and ethnic minorities, yet crime, single parenting, and drug abuse also increased among poor whites in the aftermath of the Great Society. When the government indulges and subsidizes counterproductive behavior, we tend to get more of it, of course. Aside from 
how all this indiscriminate government benevolence has affected individuals, there's also the matter of its long-term effect on America's standard of living. By undermining the development of human capital and allowing, even encouraging, larger and larger swaths of the less productive population to live off their more productive brethren, we risk exacerbating income inequality and nurturing class resentments. Hard-left ideologues who want to turn the U.S. into Western Europe and politicians eager to hand out goodies in exchange for votes don't care much about these trade-offs, but they're relevant for anyone who wants wants to understand the relationship between social progress and government, quote-unquote, help. I think he's absolutely right. There's still a chance that neither neither bill passes, either the $1.5 trillion su- supposedly actual infrastructure bill or the uh, $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill. There's a chance neither one of them passes if the AOC crowd like really stands firm. And says, no, unless you pass the big one, we're not voting for the other one. If they wow. if they stand firm, and they only need, like, what, six of them to agree to that, neither passes. Well, nobody's accused of AOC and any other squad of being geniuses. But wouldn't that be political suicide to jet, to uh, to tank the roads and bridges and airports bill? For I mean, them personally? No, they're, they're going to win in their districts. Oh, that. yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. They will. But for the Democratic Party, yeah, I think yeah. they get murdered in the midterms, which was probably going to happen anyway. Yeah. But there's they're, 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 that's why it's such an interesting week. There's a chance she gets both through. There's a chance neither one get through. So we'll see. Yeah, no way both get through. I'm in a wagering mood. I got to go to uh, what is it? Predictit.com, where I lost mm-hmm. all my money on Kamala Harris. Uh, I got to <laughs> scrounge together the 18 cents I still have and and bet against that. Um, later this hour, we'll tell you what happened at the border, where things are. The good thing is that they've eliminated horses because uh, horses were the problem. It's funny. For decades, we've been talking about. Illegal immigration, all the problems at the border and all illegal, and how we do this. And uh, no, we all overlooked the fact that the right. whole problem was horses. Right. It's a horse crisis. <laughs> it's a horse crisis. As it been turns out, oh, we have such great tape for you. Biden and Kamala, Trey Gowdy lowering the boom, Jen Psaki getting just ravaged by liberal reporters at the uh, the... The podium there at the press room, just really good stuff coming up this hour. So from the kids don't do this at home department, a man has died after chugging a 1.5 liter bottle of Coca-Cola in 10 minutes. The fizzy fiasco occurred. Hmm. Regrettable. How do we feel about that? Hmm. Not good. After the 20-year-old rapidly downed a 1.5-liter bottle of Coke to stay hydrated during hot weather. He's hot and thirsty. He comes across a liter and a half bottle of Coke and drinks the whole thing down. Six hours later, he started to experience a swollen stomach, a swollen stomach and severe pain, which sent him to the hospital where he died. Elevated heart rate, low blood pressure, rapid breathing. And they think uh, it was swigging down the Coke? Aberrant levels in his intestinal wall and portal vein that provides blood to the liver. All kinds of different things happen. Yeah, that's what they think happened. Uh, a shock liver, which I'd never heard of, which is caused by a lack of oxygen to the organ. Shock oh. liver can happen. and uh, It's called uh, hepatabic seshima, is what it's called. Is it? <laughs> anyway, so don't do that. God, that makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. You got to let it go, buddy. You got to go ahead and belch. And swigging down a liter and a half or oh. whatever it was. I mean, you'd really oh have to. Gosh. It'd be thunderous. It'd be like a roaring lion, but. 
you you got to do it. Otherwise, you're going to get the uh, liver hashimoto. Hashimoto. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Shock liver. You don't want shock liver. Ask for it by name. Hey, if you're thirsty, try some uh, water. (laughs) Try that. Liter and a half. Oh, God, that just makes me, ah, oh, the pain I feel in my stomach. Well, it's enough to kill you. He's 22. Yeah. Don't do that at home, kids. No, it's terrible. Not one of those TikTok challenges. Uh, Kids and their TikTok. Am I wrong? (laughs) Oh, my kid took the TikTok off her uh, phone. Why? She said it's too easy to waste time. It's a, it's really? a, well, because there is a lot of creativity, a lot of really funny, interesting videos. They're all very short and it's like the YouTube vortex, but worse. Yeah. That's, see, that's the problem that, uh, whenever that tipping point happened a few years back, if you're old enough, you remember there was actually a lack of good TV shows and good music and, you know, entertaining things to look at. There, there, there weren't enough. Mm-hmm. You're always seeking them out. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like when I uh, finally had enough money that I could eat as much as I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't, you know, you gotta you gotta dial it back at some point and realize, okay, now I can eat more, but I shouldn't eat more. Is that, is that way with entertainment? It doesn't matter. Yes, it's all brilliant, but it doesn't matter if it's all brilliant if you spend your whole life looking at videos. I'm right. ta- Figure I'm ta- out how much you want to eat. I'm talking to myself here. If the music's brilliant, the videos are, the TV shows, and when I hear it's a great show, you got to see it. I know there's plenty of really great TV shows, but is that the what I want to do with my time? That's the question. Yeah. And that's a hard one for everybody. My son started playing, finally let him play Fortnite. He's been wanting to play Fortnite for years and uh, the the common sense media people think around 11, 12, his age is about as young as you ought to go on the thing. And he's he's 11 and a half. So I let him play it. He's got friends that have been playing it for years. But what are you doing in that one? Are you shooting people? Are you fighting monsters? Killing people. Oh, boy. trying to get away with stuff. Oh, boy. It's not bloody. It's, you know, cartoon violence. Hmm. As opposed to like um, uh, your um, your military stuff where it's just flat out violence, violence. Yeah, but anyway, man, he—you uh, he, know—it's going to take some serious regulation of how much he's allowed to play it. You're nodding your head. Have you played Fortnite, Michael? You Fortnite guy? Uh, my nephews are big yeah. time. Yeah, Fortnite. Oh, oh man, I, they I, love it. You know, and a good example on Saturday night. Usually on Saturday nights, we we watch TV together. But he just got the Fortnite downloaded on his uh, his uh, Nintendo Switch, and I let him play it that night. And he was online with his best friends and playing and stuff like that. So instead of him and I hanging out doing our thing on a Saturday night. He was alone in his bedroom playing a video game with his friends, and uh, you know, um, mm. uh, but he could have played all night long easily. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I took it away from him at like ten thirty. I said, "I'm going to plug this in in my room, so you're not tempted to uh, to play it." But I mean, he's full on like wide eyed. First thing he talked about in the morning, the the are video games addictive or not? Question. You know, I don't, I don't know technically what's an addiction or or not in those lines, but man, man, if it's if you if you if somebody has to take it away from you to get you to stop, and it's the first thing you think of in the morning, it's certainly in that territory. Yeah, I don't. Anybody who argues that they're not is is making a rhetorical uh, is turning it into a rhetorical exercise. They're making lawyerly arguments. Anybody who's ever witnessed kids with video games or adults, for that matter, knows it is. Or if anybody's ever felt it themselves in the, the need to go check the latest TikTok or the Twitter or whatever. What, what do you think's compelling you to do that? 
Yeah. The last 10 times you did it, did you come away from it thinking that was a good expenditure of your time? That's the main thing with an addiction, is if after you do it, you think, I'm not doing that again, and then you do. That's that's really number one for me hmm. um, on whether or not it's an addiction or not. Uh, if you get done doing something and you think, that was great, I can't wait to do it again, well, then, I don't know. I suppose there are crackheads like that or meth heads. You come off a three-day bender and think, that was awesome, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> it can oh, still boy. be an addiction, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a decent uh, decent definition. Think, that's kids. It. I'm doing that too much. I'm not going to do it again. And then you do it again. Yeah, yeah. I think kids, though, they want to play the video games constantly. Sure. There's well, no regret. They're just that they're drawn to it. They need it. And he's playing with his friends. I mean, how appealing is that? Yeah. Would, would I have done the same thing when I was his age if it existed? Hell yeah. Hell yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, we are going to get to the border situation. They cleared those 15,000 people out. I think the word came down from Biden. Get those people out of there. I don't want any more of these videos on my TV screen. And they pulled that off. There are no people there. Details on that and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The only time there should be two national anthems is when the other team is from Canada. This season, the NFL has added Lift Every Voice and Sing, commonly known as the Black National Anthem, to the Star-Spangled Banner before games. And two weeks ago, I opined that it was fine to get rid of the old anthem. We just shouldn't have two. Now, if you watch this show for opinions and you want to know what the correct opinion on the anthem is, that's it. The program The View last week devoted a lot of time to this while somehow avoiding what I actually said. Seemed to be a lot about a need to school me on the black national anthem itself. Whoopi Goldberg said we need two anthems because, quote, we're having to re-educate people. Because nothing ever goes wrong when you start talking about re-education. Just ask Chairman Mao. Maybe we can set up some sort of camp. I don't believe we should enforce patriotism by singing anything. And if there's one thing I hate more than groupthink, it's audience participation. (laughs) But I am what you might call an old-school liberal who was brought up with the crazy idea that segregating by race is bad. When it comes to an anthem, it doesn't have to be the one we currently use, but it has to be just one. You know, because it's a national anthem. It's amazing that Bill Maher, as as an old liberal, is out of step with so much of uh, the, the other liberals that I hear from. On that sort of thing, and say no, we got to have one anthem, right? We got one and right. one graduation. He he goes on with more of this. Uh, let's give it a listen. And symbols of unity matter. And purposefully fragmenting things by race reinforces a terrible message that we are two nations hopelessly drifting apart from each other. That's not where we were even ten years ago, and it's not where we should be now. Where we should be now is here. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Oh, yeah, that guy. Timothy Askew, a professor at Clark Atlanta University, wrote an entire book about Lift Every Voice and Sing. And he said, to sing the black national anthem suggests that black people are separatist and want to have their own nation. This means that everything Martin Luther King Jr. believed about being one nation gets thrown out the window. Thanks, Professor. You'll be hearing from Whoopi. 
So Bill Maher went on to talk about how the separate graduations that they now have, where they'll have a different graduation for the black kids or the Hispanic kids or the white kids or whatever. And uh, he, he pointed out a whole bunch of different schools. I forget what he said. Per, what percentage of schools has dorm, have dorms now separated by race that mm-hmm. people choose? And Bill Maher said, congratulations, uh, rich liberal parents. You just spent $80,000 to send your kids to 1955. Um, it, it's, it's crazy how we, <laughs> through, through liberals, we've gone backwards to where we're racially segregate, segregating in college. You live in a, a dorm away from, you realize white racists wanted this, right? Oh, yeah. Do you get oh, yeah. that? As I've said, the the woke left makes the Klan look ineffective. They are so good at instituting racist policies. It's that comedy thing we played from that one guy uh, last year. Where the the Ryan Long, right? The, yeah, the, the woke guy and the racist guy agree on, on everything. So the white woke guy wants it separated, and the white racist guy's thinking, "Awesome! I don't have to have any black people in my dorm. I don't have to have any black people with me at the graduation. Freaking fantastic! Where do I sign up?" Yeah, we got to dig that up again. I mean, it's it's one of the most brilliant pieces of political parody I have ever heard in my life. Seriously. I, so, well, maybe we'll break that out again later on in the hour. I don't know if Bill Maher's attitude is winning the day or not. It seems to be growing the other direction, at least in university campuses right now. We're going to look at the border here in a second. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It feels that the Biden administration is far more focused on seeming better when it comes to immigration than actually being better. Something driven further home when just days after her, this is not who we are comment, Jen Psaki once again said that the images from Del Rio were deeply troubling to the president and unveiled this big policy move. The secretary also conveyed to civil rights leaders earlier this morning that we would no longer be using horses in Del Rio. Uh, so that is something, a policy change that has been made in response. Hold on. Are you implying it was all the horses' fault? <laughs> Which I think is what everybody reacted with. They heard her words. Yeah, it's a horse crisis. That was the problem. All these horses running wild on the border, menacing the poor would-be immigrants. Yeah. Nobody believes that. And these, these the the what Biden said about they're going to pay last week in his press conference. Um, nobody's been said that you're going to pay for the failures in Afghanistan. Nobody's said you're going to pay for the failures at the border. Nobody's said you're going to pay for uh, what was the other big uh, scandal recently or anything. Um, no, just just these guys on the horses. Just a couple of hardworking cops on horses. They're going to pay, though. In fact, let's go with clip number 30, Michael. Of course, I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treat it like they did, horses really running them over, people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. It also evoked images of some of the worst moments of our history, where that kind of behavior has been used against the indigenous people of our country, has been used against African Americans during times of slavery. Somebody has got to coach that laugh out of her, her nervous oh, laugh. My God. I, I recognize now it's just something she does when she's nervous, but man, 
At that level of politics, you got to get rid of that laugh. Well, it's, it's everything she says all the time she does that. It's just strange. But uh, I want to stick with the substance, though, because that uh, that was such a pathetic and desperate attempt to redirect attention away from the invasion on the border. Tens of thousands of people pouring across just to make it about a couple of guys on horseback. Nobody got strapped, by the way. The guy who took that famous picture said, oh, no, nobody was getting beaten. And even the New York Times today has out a retraction saying further review of that shows no evidence that anybody was uh, intentionally hit with reins or anything like that. So the New York Times issued a, uh, a correction on that story. Right. And so the president having said they will pay, we're going to make those people pay. Even the lefty media, I think it was ABC and NBC uh, reporters were grilling Jen Psaki about that to their credit. Clip number 38 first, Michael. The DHS secretary several times said he didn't want to impair the integrity of the investigation to the Border Patrol agents. He said, I will not prejudge the facts. Did the president prejudge the facts when he said, I promise you those people will pay? I think what you heard from the president is a very uh, human and visceral response to those images, which I think reflects how a lot of people in the country felt when they saw them. Yeah, okay. So, well, you know what? Uh, That was um, uh, Karen Travers of ABC. Then the next clip is uh, Steve Portnoy of CBS, number 39. Just to put, put a fine point on your answer to Karen's question, sure. I'm sure that the union officials and lawyers who will be representing these agents are yeah. want to know, uh, is it your view or the White House's position that what the president said this morning is not legally operative with respect to consequences and these people paying was simply his personal view and not representative of actions that the government will take? The president was not prejudging the outcome of an investigation either. The president was responding from his heart and responding uh, to uh, seeing uh, horrific photos uh, that that we have seen over the last several days. Well, he is okay. the head of the executive branch. The Constitution vests him with the authority in Article 2. You're saying that what he said will not necessarily be the outcome? Again, there's an investigation that's ongoing. I don't know that anyone saw those photos and didn't have a similar reaction to the president's, and that was what it was a reflection of. Yeah, well, you need to meet more people, first of all, because yeah. there are plenty of us who thought, oh, my God, they're enforcing uh, the border, finally. I mean, because it's not actually a border. In, in the world of Jen Psaki and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, it's a, it's a theoretical border. It's like the border between my yard and my neighbors. I can walk across it. What's the emphasis on horses, too? If they had been on dirt bikes or mountain bikes or on foot or riding quads, would the reaction have been the same? If they did exactly the same thing, but you're on a quad. Uh, Is it they... something particular to horses? I don't know. Maybe the city folks are afraid of horses. I don't know. Uh, they kick you. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's. It's a pathetic. It's not sincere, though. Again, it's a pathetic effort to redirect the conversation uh, to the specifics. One more clip from me, and then I'd love to hear that Chris Wallace stuff again with me, Orcas, because I think it was terrific. Uh, but uh, thirty-one. This is Trey Gowdy. I don't know what happened, and I'm in that real small category of people that likes to withhold judgment when I don't know what happened. I can tell you this. He's a lot tougher on cops, uh, Afghani aid workers, and the French uh, than he was on crime last summer. Uh, and a lot tougher than he's been on the Chinese. So how about give cops the benefit of the doubt and wait until the investigation's over? That, that just seems like a reasonable thing to do, doesn't it? Well, that uh, covers horses' ass gate as far as I'm concerned. It's just an absolutely laughable effort. 
horses ass gate. Yeah. Um. So I, I thought this would be worth hearing if you he, if you didn't get a chance to hear it yesterday. And, and don't watch the Sunday talk shows. They're just they're a soul suck. And there's a whole bunch of lying going on and everything like that. It's just yeah, I'll watch them for you and bring you the highlights. But don't don't do that with your own free time. All right. So unintentional hilarity from the Department you, of Homeland Security head Mayorkas in a minute. You only get to live one life, and you don't want to spend any of it doing that. No. So. No, indeed. But first, a quick word from our sponsors, our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. They have just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera, Simply Safe. The system that U.S. News and World Report names best home security system of 2021 just got even better. This camera is great. Yeah, and it integrates perfectly with your Simply Safe home security system very simply, the way all Simply Safe stuff does. And this camera's amazing ultra wide 140 degree field of view so you can keep an eye on your entire backyard or the side yard or front of the street or whatever you want to look at 1080p hd resolution with an eight time zoom what does that mean that means you can actually zoom in on a face and tell who it is you've seen some of the security footage from other kind of cameras before it's like could be anybody (laughs) right what good is that going to do you um so you can zoom in and clear, see stuff. And then they got color night vision, built-in spotlight, and it's battery-operated. So you can put the camera wherever. It doesn't have to be where there's an outlet. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. And Simply Safe is celebrating the new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. This stuff is good. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Speaking of the Sunday shows being a soul suck, one of the reasons they're a soul suck for me is, um, and I, I won't belabor the media criticism because it gets tiring and this is nothing new here, but just, like I was taking in a couple of shows and I thought, could you have one person with the point of view of half of America on there? You got a panel of five people and they all feel exactly the same way about all these subjects. Could you have one person? And in some of these instances, like securing the border, like 85% of America wants to secure the border, but you don't have one guest on your show representing 85% of America's view? Not wow. one? It's just so frustrating. Shameless. And anyway, Chris Wallace came the closest on Fox News Sunday yesterday when he's interviewing the guy who runs the Department of Homeland Security who's in charge of all this sort of stuff and asking him the most obvious of questions. You say 30,000 people walked across that dam into Del Rio in the last 17 days. Question, why didn't you stop them? Oh, so uh, we encounter them at the border. That's where we encounter them, Chris. And you know what? We saw, indeed, a large number of people across one particular part of the border in a short period of time. And what did we do? We surged our resources. We surged our personnel. Why didn't didn't you stop them from coming into the country? We we did. We encountered them. (laughs) Uh, They gathered. They assembled uh, in that one location in Del Rio, Texas, and we applied the laws. We applied the public health law under the CDC's authority, and we applied immigration law. My question is, why did you allow them in the country in the first place? Why didn't you build, forgive me, a wall? or a fence to stop them from walking in this flood of people coming across the dam. It looks like a highway that allows them to cross the Rio Grande. It is this pol- the policy of this administration. Uh, we do not agree with the building of the wall. The law provides that individuals can make a claim for humanitarian relief. That is actually one of our proudest traditions. 
So right after he was on, uh, Texas wow. Governor Greg Abbott was on and said, how about we stick with the Trump policy of remain in Mexico? You want to apply for refugee status? Go ahead and apply in the country that you're in. You don't get to come to our country and apply. You have to apply over there. You're, you're not in Haiti anymore. You're not in Guatemala. So, so go ahead and apply in Mexico. Which is the law, by the way. The last thing the Biden administration is doing is following the law. And Chris Wallace, everybody, quit saying the wall. Because it implies it's Trump's wall that he talked about on the campaign trail that we'd make Mexico pay for it, which was a joke to entertain the audiences and kind of morphed into something else. But um, don't say the wall. Say a wall, a fence, a barrier. We have hundreds of miles of fences and barriers. So that's not your policy. Are you going to tear those down? Okay, why not? Because they work. We're, God, is nobody able to, oh, right. to argue That's, a case to make a point to to do a really good interrogative interview? That's that's such a great question. Uh, so, is your policy to tear down the hundreds and mi- of miles of wall that already exist, or are you going to leave them up? And if you're going to leave them up, you have the obviously con- obvious conundrum of, well, if those work, why wouldn't more work? Yeah, I know. Uh, but that I've heard that now, geez, six times. I watched it like three times yesterday. I'm so amazed by it. His his answer on, on every part of that. Why did you? Why do you allow them? Well, well, uh, well. Um, oh, so uh, uh, we, we encountered them. Uh, we met them. Oh, they we assembled met them there. Uh, there were a whole bunch of them. Yeah, uh, we surged. Yes, <laughs> the whole point is we yes. encountered them. Yes, uh, on this side. See, the problem is you, why you let them come into the country. We searched our resources. 30,000 people in 17 days crossed at the same point into the United States of America, and we didn't stop it. Hey, we have to have play more of those Chris Wallace clips with me, Orcus. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. We've, we have time next segment. Let's do it. All Come right. on. Who's with me? <laughs> I'm glad that the horse crisis is over, though. <laughs> but the horse's ass crisis indoors because there are quite a few of them running the country. Oh, so. Uh... Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Seeing headlines about the record number of kids testing positive for COVID, and Ugh. still nobody, I haven't heard anybody, but this show ever mentioned that because they went back to school and they're testing them all is why the numbers have gone up so much. Isn't that the obvious? Am I missing something? I keep asking no. that. No, you're not. Well, then, absolutely not. <laughs> all right. It, uh, it, it's, it's impossible to fully comprehend the stupidity and dishonesty of our media and those are two different things when they're not being stupid they're being dishonest (laughs) is it apathy or ignorance i don't know and i don't care how do you miss that you've never gone looking for redheads in your town one day you decide to and you announce the number of redheads has skyrocketed i mean it's just a dunce can understand that. A dunce. <laughs> dunce is an underused term. Speaking of dunces, <laughs> has an administration ever just given up? Just ceded power? We're not good at this. We're in over our head. We'd like to hold a new election. The Biden administration <laughs> might. 
Alejandro Mayorkas has been asked to defend the indefensible, and he's done a terrible job at it. We we played you Chris Wallace asking him about, why didn't you stop the people coming across the border? And he responded with an extra-large garden word salad. Just ridiculous. Well, Chris wasn't out of questions. He had more to ask. Clip number 33. You say that 12,400 will have their cases heard by an immigration judge and another 5,000 are being processed by your department. Mr. Secretary, of those 17,400, how many have been released into the U.S. and how many more potentially could be released into the U.S.? So, Chris, um, uh, about 3,000 are actually in detention. Uh, and we make those detention determinations in the best interest of the American public. Others are in immigration court proceedings. They are monitored by us. We impose conditions uh, upon them, so we uh, keep in touch with them and ensure their appearance in court as the law requires. Well, there's a little more bull-ass on that topic, but I want to skip to clip number 35 where Chris Wallace asks the question that's probably on your mind right now. And 44%, according to the Department of Justice, 44% of those who are released into custody or from custody miss their court hearings. Just as a matter of reality, won't many of those thousands of people end up settling here in the United States, some of them permanently? Chris, we have uh, enforcement guidelines in place that provide that individuals who are recent border crossers who do not uh, show up for their hearings are enforcement priorities and will be removed. And, and that is one and, of and our do key... you remove all of them or do some of them disappear into the country? Well, we it is uh, our intention to remove them. That is Ugh. what our policies are. And we deploy our enforcement resources according to certain priorities to ensure the safety and security of the American people. I came across a list of his lies in that interview uh the new york post has it at seven but i keep coming across more the biden administration made it infinitely clear that nobody would be deported except convicted felons they have absolutely stated repeatedly that they will not deport anybody for merely missing a hearing or, or being in the country illegally that is just so incredibly dishonest I'm yep. telling you, they're going to give out two years in and say, you know what? This is just too embarrassing. We're so bad at this. <laughs> we're all resigning. Vice president, president of the cabinet. We're all going to go. You guys can do whatever you want. Check the Constitution. So I need a life hack if anybody's got one. Maybe if we've got a thief listening, a thief would probably have a good answer for this. Or maybe you work at a store and you know. So I'm wearing this dress shirt. I don't know if I can get this out of my suit jacket so that you can see. The little gray thing that keeps you from stealing your shirt. Oh, man. That's supposed to make it beep when you walk out the door. Yeah, I, the I, security I, device thing. I paid for this shirt. I'm not in the habit of stealing clothes. But I bought the shirt, and somehow they missed taking the little plastic thing off the sleeve. And uh, how do you get it off? Have you ever tried? I did one time, and it was a lot of work. And there is serious danger of cutting yourself because there's a lot of sharp things involved. And then ink squirted all over the place. Right, right. It, it ruins the garment. Yeah. So does anybody know? I think you go back a, to the store and tell it, them, hey, you guys left this on. I don't think I got the receipt, though. I'm going to have to prove I didn't steal it. I don't think so. You don't think? I don't look like a no. thief? No, I got not the beady really. eyes. You got the suit going. I got Please. the slump shoulders. I look, I look like a thief. Yeah, um, is there a life hack for getting those things off? 
They got that piece of equipment. Or can you buy that piece of equipment? Surely that that's... Do thieves, Wait a minute. do thieves own those little things? You just slide on there and it makes them come off? Well, I'm reminded of the shoplifting rings that are running rampant in Cal Unicornia where they've decriminalized crime and, and they're stealing, you know, purses, uh, dresses, clothes, jackets by the rack. That's so, a good yeah, point. they've got to have a way to deal with that. That's a good point. They must have a way to get these off. If you know, text line 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. And that reminds me, because so many people steal so much now from all your, uh, like, uh, CVS's, Walgreens, those kinds of places... Every damn thing you want to buy is behind lock and key, so you have to find an employee to buy the cheapest dang thing. Right. I I remind you of that email we got the other day from a guy who lived in South Africa in the early 2000s, third world country, dangerous, lots and lots of crime. You had to be buzzed into every store, including like a barbershop. We are permitting America to become a third world country. It's, It's in front of you. I remember when like a Nintendo Switch might be behind the glass because they're $300 a piece and small. But like a package of razors that cost fifteen bucks isn't going to be behind lock and key, and you got to find an employee. You know, it's crazy. Third world country. If you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, we uh, we offer it in a podcast form, and you can go to armstrongandgetty.com to get that. A lot of people yeah. do it. It's called Armstrong and Getty on demand. Very handy service. You're welcome. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.